In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, the podcast from Hell of Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Like our recent episode with sisters Regina and Raina King about the why behind their production company, Royal Ties. We have such a huge love for storytelling without walls, without barriers. Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? And welcome back to another episode of No Silence Podcast with your host. Nah, fuck that with your low glasses, Malone. That's the problem. Like, when you have a podcast and shit and you have a conversation before, you flush out really good ideas... You know what I'm saying? For like, you could have talked about this shit on the fucking podcast. <laughs> it's like that the shit, shit we do in our thread. Yeah. We having long ass conversations and we're like, why we didn't talk about this on a podcast? Like, eh. And then you get in front of the podcast and you don't got nothing to talk about. <laughs> that shit is the worst. That's fucked up. Damn. Hold up. I got to use the bathroom, girl. Um, pause. What, what is that? What's up with pause? Let's start with that. What what is pause? Yeah, what is that? Fuck yeah, you trying to be young? No, no, I'm young. First of all, was pause. made by some old ass motherfuckers that are older than us. And Dame Dash and Cameron, what it is is for East Coast sympathizers like myself, uh, who mimic New York slang. 
<laughs> I'm glad you know that. It's okay. I can accept that. That's okay. But it's funny. I don't care. It's funny. But, but you know what, though? That's one of the things that we be talking about sometimes is like everything's kind of like blurred lines now. Like I know that. So I do it because it's funny. Pause to me is funny because obviously they use it as like no homo. That's how they used to use it. Right. But you can't say no homo anymore because it's it's not politically correct. You can so, say what you want. to. Yeah, say. You can say what you want. But I'm saying you could you know, you're going to get some backlash. We're not scared of cancel culture. No. Nah. Nah, so pause is basically like he said, pull the mic close. Like, yo, pause, bro. What you talking about? Pull the mic closer, bro. Relax. Or just you could have just get glasses. Is it work? Yeah, you could have just said, hey, hey, you, you need you need. You said what? You call your dick a mic? No, not at all. <laughs> so pause. It's just a pause. I mean, is that what you tell your girl talking to the mic? <laughs> Is that, is that the new way to say give me some head talking to the mic like I've heard no, rappers you just shouldn't tell another man hey man mic grab, check, the, grab the mic and pull That's it closer to saying, you check. grab the mic and pull it closer to you I just, I just don't know how the sexual innuendos came from hey grab the microphone and pull it closer <laughs> to you pause, pause. Yeah. see where that pause, see? I don't know how the sexual innuendos came to that yeah I don't, I don't yeah. see it, 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 it come to a certain place where that shit just get out of hand and this is why I feel like people on the West should not listen to too much East Coast hip hop. Because you'll have some shit that don't apply. It does apply, though. It Pulling I mean, the microphone closer to no, your no, mouth. No, not the act of you t- a man telling another man. To pull the microphone yeah, closer to your yeah. mouth. If like, hey, bro, I need to hear a little bit louder on the mic. You could just say it like that. See how more manly that nah, is? No, I don't even understand why that had to be done. Yeah. Like, Put a mic closer. I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah, that's pause. What? That's pause. So ask Cameron and Mace. I don't care what you two say. And, and that's the pause. problem again because you don't need glizzies either. Being right? that, being that, I, I know, know Cam. Is. Like, <laughs> I think Cam would say you're taking this out of context. Cam, no, because they tell Cam he's taking it out of context. No, no, no. People on the East Coast understand the context because maybe they would tell somebody to <laughs> speak into the mic like that's giving head or getting head or whatever. <laughs> I don't know how I, we, me and you, we've known each other twenty years, cause twenty years, and I've never told you, yeah, that girl was blowing into my mic. <laughs> no, you've never done that. No, absolutely. so you've never told me too. Hey, I had that bitch speaking into the mic last night. I've never heard that, so I don't understand the sexual innuendo. You feel me? Of hey, pull the mic, the microphone closer to your mouth. Yeah, that just doesn't sound right. It actually sounds perfect. Like you can just Especially say, hey, in speak louder into in the, the mic. Setting. Just, like, yeah, just, like we're in a studio and you like, yo, like that was just. Pause. And that's why you can't adopt East Coast culture. Son. This is what's wrong. I'm, I, I've thought about this. Hey, done. Yo, son. Yo, done. That's word, God. I do done talk. What's up, done? And see, that's the problem. You know what? And, and honestly, since since we've always talked about this, that's always been my point. Like. You're going to mishandle it, and it's going to come across. Forgive me for using the term corny, corny, because you're going to mishandle it. But this is a conversation. Like wearing a puffy coat at Santa Monica Pier I used to on a that. summer night. I never did on a summer night. Definitely did it in the winter. <laughs> was it like seventy one? <laughs> nah, it's a brisk. It's about sixty three. <laughs> 64 and I used to have the bubble jacket without the sleeves like LL with the fucking I really did I'm being honest I'm just being honest but you this is what I be trying to tell you though you think I'm joking bro 
there is a demographic of Mexicans on the West Coast, bro, that didn't know how to relate to being West Coast. Like how we talked about, like if if in theory now it would be like like a Dom Kennedy, right? Like West LA. Okay, I, I grew up in Inglewood, but I'm over here, you know, in Santa Monica, right? This is a way to talk. But we had our mod. We had a mod. We had. We had a mod. Yeah, but a mod, even a mod in them wasn't like that. Was more to us that sounded more like J Five. That was like more East Coast. Why did a mod sound like East Coast? Because he did. It didn't sound West Coast. Not to the traditional idea of what we were thinking was West Coast, which was at that time gangster like rap. Yeah, gangster rap. It but didn't gang, sound like but, that. But West Coast hip hop has always been more than gangster rap. I understand that. I'm just telling you, when you didn't know what, as a Mexican in hip hop is what I'm telling you, when you didn't know what direction to go in, that's why a lot of us more so kind of like drifted into, into the East coast. What about sound of what about look? What about far Why? What about far side? That was also, that's, that's like hieroglyphics and like, Del the Funky Homo Sapien, like all that sound was kind of like East Coast, even though it was West Coast. I, I mean, I can understand that, but I'm saying we've always on the West, right? T and Spade, like mm. Toddy T and Spade, since you know the mid '80s, it wasn't about being a gang member. Like that's the thing. Like, and this is why I've always like disputed y'all. It's like NWA is not about being gang members. But there was a look is what I'm saying. So if you didn't want to. So one thing about LAG and we've talked about this when you. It can be anyone. But if you look a specific way, you open yourself up to get pressed for sure. Hands down. No. Yes, you do. If you back then, if you was wearing if you looked or dressed like full like the Mexicans in colors or like uh, uh, if you look like the streets. Yes. If you look like the streets of L.A., Right, like Kane and 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 old dog. But Kane and old dog didn't really wear nothing. I mean, it was white tees, <clears throat> Levi's, and everybody house shoes. wore white tees. That's my point. I'm not, but not everyone did. And if you did wear it, and you was in the in the neighborhoods that we were in, you were liable to somebody to be like, "Hey, homie, where are you from?" So if you didn't want to deal with that, you'd be like, "Yo, son, what's up, son?" It was a defense, <laughs> me- a defense, it's a defense mechanism. So you, you, it was like, yeah, I, I'm, I rap like the East Coast guys because I don't want to sound like you gangbangers. So that, okay. So we start. I'm, right. I'm, taking, I'm taking you back to to very early trans. That's we're talking about ninety three, ninety four. So easily. this is so this is no silence. <laughs> I got a headache already. Glasses Malone. My homeboy brought his homeboy. Jazz on the juggernaut. Say what's, what's up, What's going bro? on, yo? Shout out to my brother Alcatraz, Tony Nadio. <laughs> so fantastic MC and a hip-hop historian in oh, his own right. He's been on the podcast before, but... I hear it coming. Traz is, is a Mexican hip-hop artist. Jazz is mixed Guatemalan, you know what I mean, for the most part. But he grew up in Southgate. Traz grew up in Inglewood. And I think that's the cornerstone He's of it. He's half black, too. Well, that's not even important, right? Because culturally, because culturally, how you was raised is more important than how white people treat you. Yeah, I was raised Hispanic. Boom. Got you. Or, or, don't mean or, that he ain't no nigga. Everybody that don't know gonna treat him like a nigga for sure because he is mixed with black. But culturally, he grew up in Southgate, so I know what time it is. I mm-hmm. learned. I learned more 
like junior high, high school. That's when because I was yeah. Because you gonna start you gonna start meeting other Mexican people. Gonna well, start. Treating. I got out of Southgate. My mom put oh. me from because I was in elementary in Southgate. Yeah. And then I got expelled, and then she she was a uh, she working at Sony. Where'd you get expelled from? From a fucking private school, Redeemer, right oh, there nice. on Long Beach Boulevard. Yeah. Uh, so Did, then my mom took me to uh to Culver City. Okay. And then that's what we was discussing the day. Yeah. He was talking about Culver City wasn't. Uh, racially diverse That motherfucker Had everything Yeah Culver there. City well, Cause Culver City Has a, a really underrated Poor part That nobody talks about yeah. The projects I wouldn't call those projects Those are projects no, the, pro the actual they're, Culver they're, City projects I know they're housing projects But I just yeah. oh. <laughs> Wouldn't reference Cause yeah. it's in Culver City Right 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 But sure. it very much is Some bullshit So no, I'm not yeah. saying It ain't bullshit Yeah I'm just saying Um when you go to Culver City, like mm. in that poor, like that small, because they do have a ghetto right there. I have no idea why is this little fucking ghetto right in the smack dead center <laughs> of fucking Culver City. Cause that shit's crazy. But this is something that's. I, it was just on my mind. But did growing up, you know, because your skin is darker. Did 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 any Mexicans treat you like a nigga at that time? And it's crazy. I, my whole life. So my mom's. Even though you grow up just believing whatever your parents Sure, tell they you. raise you. How they my raise you? My moms told me that my father was of a different race growing up. Sure. But it never com computed, like, why is my skin color this dark then? Yeah, because it, there are some why dark Mexicans, do Mexicans or dark Guatemalans. So much. So you got why that is it early? When I'm around black folk, they embraced me so much. And I'd sure. be young, always wondering, like, and I remember one time I was somewhere and somebody was playing and somebody had said something like, about a uh, nigga, something about nigga, and I was like, uh, I'm not black, and the and the mom was sure. like, Yes, you son, is. you's a nigga, you's a and nigga, I was like, baby. what? And I went home and I told my mom like, this lady said I was a nigga, and she was all mad. She was like, Who was it? Was it a white lady? I said, No, she was a black lady. Like, oh, and my mom gave me a look like, uh, like yeah, it's gonna be deep. Yeah, this is it's gonna, gonna get deep. deep. <laughs> nah, so, but yes, yeah, to answer your question, yeah, I always. That's my tough. whole life in Southgate, yeah, because yeah. I my know Southgate life. is for sure my whole like life, one of them places. Well, shit, that's like the homie Juan that we have. He's Mexican and black, and his mom is Mexican. He, had, you know, well, it's, it's different. I was I, always the black GI Joe. You always, always had to be the black Power Ranger. I was always the black whatever. <laughs> whatever it was, they was like, we got our own now. Yeah, I was always guy. that guy. Yeah. It's different for him because so the Juan, like Jay, grew up. Jay, you so shout out to the homeboy Jay, you Juan Williams. His nigga name is Juan Williams. <laughs> That's like the most Mexican and black shit ever. Yeah, but it's tight. funny because like he grew up in Southgate. So even as a, a person of, of uh, uh, um, what's the correct word? Spanish speaking people descent over here on this side of the motherfucking globe. And to be, he, he grew up in Southgate and Southgate is like a real Mexican type of place. Yeah. Wait, like who it's, did? He did. No, he did. Yes. Okay. So Jay, you grew up in West Long Beach. Right. And West Long Beach is like a for real black experience as far as poor people go. Mm. So where you raise that is different because he right. Like in Southgate, they probably might treat him like a nigga. You know what I'm saying? But mm. where Jay is at, they going to make sure the Mexican treat your ass like a nigga too. And by him being over there is why his whole style is also been East Coast too. I guarantee you that's part of it. No, thing. it wasn't. My style being <laughs> East Coast actually came from me always being interested in the hip-hop culture right my well, first concert was i told you it was 1989 
and it was Beastie Boys and Run DMC. But I was growing up, like my mom's friends in the disco times and all that shit. All her friends' kids was DJs and breakdancers. Mm. Yeah, so I grew up watching them. They was in the hip hop. I started getting into the music, then rap, and that's how. Then, they, then I started getting to the. We was discussing earlier the Wu Tang. Sure, nigga, I got that shit on my mm-hmm. leg, nigga. The yeah. Wu Tang. The but that's where, that's where my music at that point was. Sure, you was emulating what you was listening to. Yeah, the 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 the, the NWAs but my, but, and all that wasn't. I would because I didn't grow up that way either. That's know? my point. Yeah, but he, that, ju- he just but, literally but, but, made my point. But both of y'all are really not making a point. So no, I'm, I'm gonna tell no, you no, why. No, but we're not, we might not be making the right point. No, no. But that's not even making a point at all, right? Mm. And. You can make a point, right? But I'm saying the reality is if you're from here and you're our age, nigga, you grew up on death row. Period. Yeah. It, it don't matter what you chose. I did grow up on it. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. you don't have a choice. Like none of us had a choice. But death row was a small part. No. Death no, no, row hold was, on, hold on. Death row was a small sure. part that came and took over after already being flooded with Wu Tang Killer Bees. There was no Wu Tang and Killer Bees before and, death row. Well, yeah, I guess yeah, you got right. that wrong. See, so you were purposely avoiding real life. Well, no, I think I think they were they they was all being played at the same no, time. No, they were not. They were. It wasn't even. Close. Yes, they were. No. What from, was you are from? Chambers came out in what ninety three three exactly. You are from Inglewood. Yeah. Trust for sure they were playing the Chronic everywhere you. Well, went. I remember that. Because, I was getting no, you don't the have to, you yeah. don't have to remember it. It 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 literally shaped your existence. So as much as you don't understand this, your desire, right, to choose outside of it is kind of the choice. It's not a reality for you because we all grew up shaped by, excuse me, the uh, the chronic is 92. So that was before. Mm-hmm. Doggy style is 93. So wasn't no Illmatic, wasn't no fucking Wu-Tang. Like you might have, if you were lucky, one or two people around you might have played Wu-Tang or Illmatic. In real life, I don't give a fuck which part of the motherfucking West you was at. There was nothing else going to happen outside of the chronic doggy style. Murder was the case. Dog food. And you're right and because Tupac. at Culver City, the who I was hanging with was the we were discussing be one guy. quote unquote backpackers. Yeah. So that, they was all was. on the, the East Coast. You're right. Yeah. And that's what it is. Then. It was it was the school. It was some West it was Side the, shit. It's not even West LA. I'm, listen, it has to be. It's not. Like, I was going to school when Big Boy at, was there from Power 106. So he was DJing with Ray at them times as a student in the school. No, but and he was influencing our music a lot because right. he did all the, the dance. No, no, no. But I get what G's saying. He, he's right. Like, all of you Death had to Row find was. Pockets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. What I'm saying like is. If you, if you like Wu Tang, forgive me. If you like Wu Tang or Nas, Illmatic at that time. Those were pockets yeah. inside of our real world. Like that was like a kind of a, a dream outside. Like you on the West Coast. Yeah, you yeah. went into the bubble. Yeah. To me, even on the East Coast, like in real life, like the East Coast, it probably was played way more. But these, you got to think like in real life, bro. Like people talk about Illmatic in real time, like it was bigger than the Wu Tang album, and it wasn't. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't. Mm-hmm. That's not to say it wasn't more critically acclaimed and people celebrated, but Wu Tang was infectious. 
Illmatic was kind of like a thing on the island. And, and this is verified from all the great minds from over there. No, I, I Wu-Tang became infectious almost across the country immediately. immediately. Almost, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like where people was like, because they were street. They was fucking grimy and dirty. Yeah. So any poor person could love them. Nas kind of was like a clean kind of yeah. college, you know, came across as a college educated, you know, theorist. So it made people feel superior and intellectual. Yeah. But Wu Tang was for the everyday person living outside. Yeah. yeah. But I don't give a fuck which part of the West you was on. There was no fucking way possible the majority of your experience hearing music and seeing life, you could have ever got away from the chronic doggy style. Murder was the case. Dog food. All eyes on me. This is 1992, 93, 94, 95, 96. These are the biggest records. Yeah, these are exactly. I avoid. That's my point. You're right. These are the biggest records in hip hop, period. Like, like, listen, these are the biggest records in hip hop, period, at the time. It ain't like Illmatic was close to fucking. Illmatic came out in 94. You know what came out in fucking 94? Like, Snoop was right there. Mm -hmm. Like, Nigga, Illmatic is not even in the same global impact as Doggy. Doggy Style is a phenomenon on its yeah. own. So it's like you had to avoid it purposely. And that's I, what I'm yeah, saying. That's I'm but that's what I'm saying though. Like I, I agree with that because I think what it was, now that I'm thinking, like really thinking back, most of the homies in Inglewood, not my Mexican homies. The black homies were listening to Death Row. Most of the Mexican homies in Inglewood. They was yeah, yeah it was, eh, yes and if no. They were that's listening, what I'm trying to tell if they you. were listening to rap music. Yeah. I'm not saying they didn't hear it. They did. No, no. I'm saying if they were listening to because you gotta realize, like, we don't stimulate the actual economy. We could say, hey, this is the trending thing, but if you're on the West and you having success. It's because Mexican audiences is buying your shit. This is where we've been at for the last 20, 30 years. Mm-hmm. This ain't something new. Like Mexican people make up the majority of the buying population outside of white folks on the West. So I think I was part of that group that you're talking about as well, where you just avoided whatever. it. We avoided get, it. Well, no, I wouldn't say maybe I wouldn't say avoided it. I think for me, who whoever I got to think back really well, but whatever crew I was hanging around with, like I remember the homie indefinite. Remember indefinite? Sure, he listened dogs. to all that shit. But I remember he was always really big on Razkaz and like uh, you know corrupt and the way they rhymed. I'm, right. I'm, I'm so not, then, yeah, I'm not saying you couldn't find one dude around or a few dudes in your crew. I'm telling you that don't make up your nigga. If you went to a party, that's what they was playing. I yes. liked. I liked. I so you're right on your end what you're saying, but me I'll say I avoided. Yeah, you had because he did I too. liked the army pants. Yeah, I liked yeah the things that came with the Wu Tang and all that. Why? Because do you at think the time, is, though. Well, at the because because I wasn't gang banging, and and, and this and, is but I, at the time when the the doggy style came out, I was living on 67th and Cimarron, but Horseman with my grandma. Sure, and Auto Home, everybody. Yeah, that's what was that's what was being heard. But, so I was listening to it on a daily, but I was still going to my room and put on because I was avoiding that culture. I guess I would say of but, the gang while bang, living in it. But while this, living, but this is what throws me off, right? About this whole conversation. 
Dr. Dre is not a gangbanger. Yeah, but you couldn't tell I mean, us that when we're yeah. 13, 14, 15 Why? years did, old. Did he say cuz or blood? It, that that didn't... That, I didn't understand that at that point. You know what's funny is I never really associated... Like, how, 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 how did it not register to you that Wu-Tang was way more street than Dr. Dre? That's the problem. Because and, that's, and that's the bias... Yeah, I've always kind of mm. accused you of. Yeah, because we like because we we're didn't. we're talking about Wu Tang, who's rapping on on the album about doing cocaine, shooting niggas, doing dust. But you look at Dr. Dre and be like, man, you know them niggas right there is gangbangers. These niggas are the worst niggas in you know what I mean at the time. Right, it's, and it's nine of these crazy niggas. Right. <laughs> yeah, and all of they raps, and that's the point. Like you would think they would like cipher. They'd be just rapping about hey, dope bars. Them niggas is talking about beating people up, shooting people, and killing people. But somehow you judge the niggas around the corner. So what do you think, Jazz? Do you think maybe it was the fact that maybe we just gravitated more to like the beats and d- didn't really listen to the rhymes the way we were supposed to? As much as I know rhymes from Wu Tang, like he's right in what he's saying. I have to think that maybe I was just more attracted to the beats, the way they sounded, as opposed to the West Coast, where there were dope beats as well. But I just liked that like, harder boom bap like shit. I said, and what I, I thought think was mine was the. I thought was harder. I hmm. think mine, like I just said a second ago, was the fashion part of it that Facts. came with it. I yeah. was in a Chucks and a, a. You had money. No, I didn't. I stole shit. So I made sure that I got So you was going to steal army pants <laughs> and Tim's yeah. and phone posits. Nah, phone posits was 97. Even though we still. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year? Their year. These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made, and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. You'll be laughing, crying, and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this, like, you know, homie lover friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart, I think. Like, it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like, we have fun. But then he would treat me like crap. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, a daily podcast from Hello Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Every weekday, we bring you conversations with the culture makers who inspire us. Like our recent episode with Hollywood royalty Regina and Raina King. We talked about the creative power of women's relationships. I feel like, thank God for women. Like, especially when it comes to Black women, the way we lean on our mothers, our grandmothers, our sisters, our friends. We're just each other's pulse. I mean... It's molecular, you know? Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As two, two, you know, let's say Chicano rap artists. Mm-hmm. Right, both of y'all are Chicano. I get the connotation, but we all know what Chicano means. Mm-hmm. So, as as street urban mm-hmm. guys that grew up in street urban with that Spanish influence on the West, we know that's a Chicano person, right? So, why weren't you playing Cypress Hill or let's say Kid Frost at the time? I actually I did pay, I was, play Kid Frost and I did play Cypress Hill. You want to know something? I'm gonna be honest like with why, you. Why wasn't no. you celebrating Cypress Hill, who are street guys? As much as let's say a Wu Tang, and I they was rapping the same way. I did as a South. Sure, yeah, yeah, that's South with Cypress shit. Hill. Yeah, uh, we discussed earlier. Kid Frost was that's the whole other side. Sure, uh, of LA. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, East LA. A lot of yeah, people don't know did, that. When yeah. did that come out? What year did La Raza come out? Ninety one. It's around 92, 93. All this is at the same time. Right. All this. I don't is think the it was ninety two, ninety three. It had to be about ninety one. Hold on, let me look at it. Yeah. Um, look that up. But I'm saying, why weren't you... Well, no, what I was going to say was, I know for me, let me speak for me, because I'm not, you know, Jazz has his own, you know, the way he... 90, 90. 90. 90, right? So in 1990, I had to be, what, about 11, 12 years old? Yeah. Something like that? Yeah, we were close. All right. So for me, what I start, what I do start remembering right now that you're talking about, like, why did you do that? I thought, in my mind, 
that because this is the thing and you actually pointed this out to me he's like you used to tell me when we first met like you do a lot of west coast shit but you but you but you still try to act like east coast kind of and i think what it was was i think i was trying to be different from what it was here not understanding that that kind of looked dumb i didn't get it especially trying to do like a boy wearing a dress I mean, if I wouldn't use that comparison, but yeah, well, I mean, I, I mean, because it don't have it don't it don't have to have a sex. I know we attach a section window window, right? To it, I know we do, but that's not what I'm I'm saying. I get what you're saying. You don't yeah. have to be gay to wear a dress and heels. You know why you associated with being gay? Because you like, why would you wear a dress and heels? Right. That's how I like. Why would you dress like the East Coast? And I think it was just because it was trying to my bad. Okay, it was try, just trying to be different. I wanted to be different. I didn't want to be. When you started hearing Chicano rap, like I it was like, oh, they, hey, dog, they rap like this, dog. That's how it, it just felt, racist, right? Bro. Well, I, listen, I'm just being honest, so I can try to. I'm just saying you're you racist a, to like real Mexican rap. Well, again, as a Mexican person, yeah, I, and I used to always tell y'all that. No, 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 but see, again, a, a big part of it, and this is, and we that's a whole nother conversation, but a big part of that was being the fact, like. When Oscar De La Hoya with his crazy ass now, but when he talks about how Mexicans treated him for being too whitewashed or because he spoke a little bit too proper, like Mexicans really do shit like that. So then it makes you go, well, fuck you. Whoever, whatever. So now you're I'm group, not going to be whatever, Mexican. No, no, no. Not Mexican people, a group of whatever they are. So for me in particular, at one time, it was Cholos that acted that way. So now when I see Cholos talking about, oh, I got the new Jordans and I got this. It's like not now per se in this moment, but like as I was getting older, as I'm watching them do this, I'm like, you guys are fucking posers, perpetrators. When you did it, you were a Mayatero. When I did it, I was a Mayatero. Sure. Right. But I also didn't understand that a big part of why they were telling me that was because I was imitating East Coast hip hop in my dressing. So to well, them, I was trying to be not only was I trying to be black, I was trying to be black from a whole nother coast. So it really stuck out. Well, you got to realize L.A., the most underrated part of where we all from, right, is there's really one culture. That's the problem. Like if you're from where we from, not you, you from Inglewood, so. <laughs> Y'all still have some shit. But on our side of town, right on the east side, Watts County, South Southgate, Linwood, all that, Long Beach, we're one culture. I grew up my whole life eating ceviche, tamales, Mexican food, Mexican friends, the whole thing. I've been going to Kensingettas since I was a teenager. Mm. Different people. So it's always been one culture. That's the one thing about the east side. It's pretty much one culture. So that's why I don't understand like kind of the talk. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of the things that we do, like we all were at the hest of it. Low riding, fashion, dickies, all of this stuff was things we all shared. Yeah, so imagine being, go ahead, Jess. But my thing too, you said personal differences. Like I said, being black and watermelon yeah. and then having beef all the time. With Mexicans and being sure. confused, I had a major identity thing. Sure. Then knowing, yo, like, why black folks fuck with me so much? And then see, like, my mom's was a chola. Sure. So Cortez? No. Chucks? Why, why would, no. Why was it Cortez? She was, oh, no, you're, you're not, not going to be a gang Oh, member. you're not one of us. You're not going to dress like a cholo. My you're not, you're like, not one so of us. So now I'm like, so what the fuck do I wear then? So now I'm trying to find 
And then when I got the transition from Southgate to Culver City, sure you, culture, now the whole thing, a I'm like, whoa, yeah, whoa. Yeah. Now I'm well, borrowing, can I borrow your pants? I'm going to wear those tomorrow. Because moms really, wouldn't buy them. Yeah, it's really less culture in Culver City compared. And and shout out to the Culver City Projects. No, no it's shade not that to it's nobody. Less culture. It is. No, it's not. It it's is. more mixed it cultures. It's, it's not. That's not how it works, right? I'm culture, trying to tell you. That's why it gets confused. No, it's not because it's mainstream. It, that's fine But, but there's when you no go cult, to When you go to no, Santa Monica but, and you, Listen There's no culture In Santa Monica There it's is a main, It's just tradition Like in, 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 in Affluent communities There's no culture It's just tradition It's a mainstream mm. thing Culture is birthed Out of poverty It's only in poverty mm-hmm. That's why I'm, I'm not I No shade to Santa Monica Or Culver City Because Culver City Do got some shit But they just like Cholos from East LA When you get to the Cultured part of them Fuck oh, the yeah. culture part of it. Yeah, got the it, real it, part. It. Like, them niggas is, them motherfuckers is like East LA. Right. You're going to go over there, have a problem. You finna be a Mayate. You're going to get the whole the treatment whole over there. And the gangs that's close over there, you will get the Crip and Blood treatment. Yep. Them niggas look the same. I told you, we were talking about it. But that's what I was saying. That was like the richer. You know what I'm saying? Like the yeah. Ladera Heights. We had like Overhill. Over over yeah, you're closer. You're closer to it over there. Yeah. But the point I'm saying is, so that's what I'm saying. A lot of the ideas, and I think that's part of it, right, is because the further you go west, it's less culture. Not So culture being this thing rooted like, you know, in poverty, in oppression, that's why you birth it. The lingo and the slang, right, comes from bad education programs that are not translating to educating students. Dickies are not like some niggas chose like, oh, these is going to be the freshest pants. Yeah. These were the pants you could afford to get six pairs for school year that year. Right. Chucks were 14, 15, yep. $16 in HP. All my older homies, their parents took them to HP, <coughs> Huntington Park to shop. And if anybody know what HP is, that's Mexico. Yeah. Yep. So again, the culture is birth out of necessity. You, you, it's what you can afford. Right, Cortez mm-hmm. was cheap. They were not like they had tennis shoes that were more expensive. These were yeah. cheaply and cheaper made running yeah. shoes. So, I could get anything but Cortez and Chuck. No, mm. And it's funny that you said that because <laughs> my my dad, who grew up in Santa Monica, from Santa Monica, who wore. Pendletons, Dickies, Wallabies in his time, which sure. that's what it was. It, it was Wallabies and hard bottom shoes for them. Yeah, so Wallabies is still that shit for us. Right, for sure. Shout out to Pops. You know, and that's funny, right? Because that was nothing I used to love wearing with Wallabies, but I always identified it with Ghost and Wu Tang shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy, right? Yeah. But. Um, no, I, I get I get what you're saying. I get everything that you're saying, G. I think so. Were you guys? Would you say? Let me ask you a question now. Would you say that maybe that's why we got the the hate, so to speak? I guess if you want to call it that, was because maybe we didn't grow up with a lot of money, right? Like we didn't, we weren't rich or nothing. But maybe our families had a little bit more My money little- than than the ones on the east. So we were able, like. You know, my my mom's, you know, she didn't have the money, but she would put it together because I wanted Carl Kanai or I wanted a pair of cross colors because that's what was being worn in middle school when I went to school in Santa Monica at Lincoln Middle School. And it was all the white boys. But even now that I think back, the brothers that were there, even if they were from Venice or Inglewood or even up to the six O's, 
it was more like a fashion show. In yeah, sixties created like that. City was a fashion show, right? Well, that's what we're saying. But the West Side is like that. Like the sixties created, the sixties created kind of to me the gangbanger nerdy docker look. They mm. were the first ones wearing dockers to me as a gangbanger because it's in my time. The six olds started wearing dockers first and button up shirts and all that. And Hold that's on. a West Side thing. But it's also I agree because. You motherfuckers had money. So Eddie Bauer and shit. That's what we yeah. were just talking about. So it's like yeah. so so <laughs> what's starting to make sense to me is I never caught mm. this part. Well, and then when he said it, y'all parents is why y'all not like that. Yeah. Your parents. Like it. Parents. Like most people's parents bought them Dickies and Chucks. They didn't have a choice. Right. You know what I mean? You didn't have a choice. Wasn't nobody finna drop you off at Santa Monica? Nigga, you're going to school at yeah. Inglewood High School or Morningside. That's where culture is born at. But when your parents got some money and some will, I mean, they can keep you away from, per se, the culture, which kind of, because most of this shit, like I said, if your mom says, okay, well, look, your mom being a chola, she like, all right, well, look, I'm finna go take you. And she finna, she buy you Ben Davis's, she buy you Ben Davis, excuse me, and some, some Cortez for sure. That begins to enter into everything else. You start to look like what's outside and you begin to take in more culture outside. Same for you, right? Your pops, you know, he was, your pops to me, like when we always talk about him as an original cholo, like the feel of what a real cholo is, like not the modern version of this hyper-violent thing that we assume, but like a real proud Mexican-American, like, yo, I'm here, but this is still... I came from a real struggle in the third world country. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to represent and I'm going to wear these clothes. Even though I can afford better now, I'm going to remind you. It's like when black people eat soul food, even though we far removed from slavery. Like it's the reminder of the struggle. What's up with it? GLA double dollar sign Eastside. That's right. Glasses Malone. And on motherfucking September 22nd, I'm dropping my new album, cancel these nuts but for anybody that want to support right now hop online go to thecrypstore.com that's right the crypt store t-h-e-c-r-i-p-s-t-o-r-e.com and buy a physical copy right now autograph from me right now you can have it ahead of time before it's on all streaming sites so show some support to the real ones you know what i'm saying jump on the cryptstore.com and buy my new album cancel these nuts Buy it right now before it drops online September 22nd. Yeah. TheCrypstore.com. I never thought about it, but it's your parents, right? Yeah, it is because they kept And y'all was on the west side. Well, well, they were trying to keep us away from... Now, it makes sense, actually. That's why I didn't... I did have a dad that was like, no, you're not going to wear that because you're not going to look like the little, you know... Yeah, little gangbanger yeah, out there the on the corner. That's how he would look at it. Mind, mind you, he comes from that. Sure. See, I went to school in Inglewood. Like, I didn't grow up in Santa Monica per se. Originally, we moved to Inglewood. I went to school all of my elementary, and the only reason I got into Santa Monica was because my pops got a job as a sanitation driver. And during that time, they actually allowed your child to go on a permit that's if you worked at. in the city. Sure. And that's why I was at Culver City was a work permit. Work permit. So, and, and it was different, bro, because again, even the Mexicans in Santa Monica and, and like the graveyards that were over there, yeah, yeah, the crypts yeah. and all that, like that. So that's funny. You're talking about Culver City, Santa Monica, right by the college is yeah. the whole section of Mexican and black gangs in this one small ass radius. Yeah, bro. Cause, it, Cause it's really cheap living right there. Right. And there's rent control and all that. Yeah. So 
you know, go, going going to Santa Monica, though, those Mexicans, oddly enough, most of them were cholos, cholos, like you said, like maybe like an East L.A. cholo. Sure. So when I went to school, you know, I remember going to school, even in Lincoln Middle School, they was already looking at me like that because I was already into what I was into. You know, you got, you know, Digital Underground. And even though that's a, a, a West Coast group, the sound to me yes, back then was not true. Was felt, well, to me, it felt like what, what what I was listening to already from, you know, LL. And, yeah, no, and it's not like that. It's, Remember, LL is produced by West Coast. The nigga who started 40s produced LL Cool. See, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's weird because I was banging, you know, the album I was banging on? What? Banging on Wax. And yeah. I wasn't a gang member. Well, that's Battle Cat. Right. So, again, a lot of the music. So, the album you talking about, because you're not talking about the first LL record. We too young for that. Right. You're talking about Bigger and Deffer. Yeah. Bad. Uh, I Need Love. That's produced by somebody right here. From the West Coast. Pooh and Bobcat. So then, so, then what I was clearly being influenced by was television then. Well, I don't the think the look it was, of it. it I, had I, don't, to be. I don't. I don't think that. What What I think happened was right. Um, this is gonna sound crazy, right? But most people, parents raised them. When you don't have money, you have to buy what's affordable clothes. The clothes began to send different type of people your way. That's mm. when the people start to influence you. But when you on the west side and you are in like these affluent places, because I went to Artesia High School for one year, my mom wouldn't let me go to Compton High. No Jordan, no lock because they didn't have AP classes. She like, yo, you're going to continue to achieve. I'm not going to put you in classes that don't have a I'm not going to put you in school that don't have AP classes, advanced placement. So the only schools was schools outside of the, the ghetto. Right. So I went to Artesia for one year. Right. The problem with it is that's where, you know, if you listen to Wu-Tang High School, it's because you're a mainstream person out here. You're at a mainstream place. Mainstream mm -hmm. is you start to, everything mm -hmm. is available to you. Mm -hmm. Everything is available. None of it has to represent anything because whatever you choose is fine. Cause this is the, that's how I was at Artesia that one year. Shout out Manny. So we're the Manny's of our generation. Is yes, that what you're right? Saying? So, well, it's different cause Manny didn't grow up on nothing else, but hell no, Manny is a poor motherfucker. Shout out to Manny. Manny is on Ace Boy. <laughs> Worldwide podcast every Friday, the homie Punisher, homie Trey. But he loves everything commercial. But, but right now, now that's because guess what? He's a traveling, paid, affluent black man. So yes. at this point, he's just he's mainstream. Like if you see Manny, he has no cultural identity. Like he'll just listen to whatever. Because that's how it is in mainstream America. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. when you at Santa Monica or you go to these really nice affluent schools where people don't need anything to create the identity like remember poverty creates this personal need to hold on to something mm. you don't have nothing else so you hold on to everything that you are you know what I mean so you know the music if it's representing you like that's me this is all I got and this, this is me but when you go to Santa Monica mm -hmm. and these are really more like middle class communities it's like yeah we don't need anything we'll play whatever i like and then guess what you have this choice mm. but when you come from where we come from you know what i mean like if you would have went to Ingle, it's not no big wu-tang group yeah. of niggas at inglewood them <laughs> niggas is playing death row yeah, yeah 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 and it was like that because me going i always lived in southgate but i was going to school in Culver city sure i dressed and fit in when i went to school when I came back to Southgate, you look crazy. I look crazy. Same to me for me in Inglewood. Because Southgate thing. is still a poor place. Like exactly, it's, 
it's it's um really a poor place. And me and him, me and Alk was discussing this. All my friends in Culver City, and he yeah. was like, "No," nah. I said, "It was all gang members." Yeah, but their parents was fucking lawyers, yeah. doctors, all kind of well, shit. Well, that's that's West Side gang banging. West West Side gang banging. And that's so they all came to school you know fresh crazy, as shit man, with man. money. I told one yeah. of my friends was sixteen. Was coming to school in his dad's Porsche. Well, well, you know what I'm saying. So it was like, so, so there are some gangs that are in affluent communities. You know what I mean? And they do got these little. Cause I, don't get me wrong, like where the graveyards at, it's a poor little niche. Yeah, yeah. But it's Santa fucking Monica, right? You know what I'm saying? So it is this little poor spot, but it's nigga, as soon as you step a couple blocks, you in some coin. Same with Venice, like the shorelines where they from. You know, one Oak thing Park. that people don't know about Venice is like there's a part over there. That's like one of the earliest places black people settled in Los Angeles. Is that Oakwood, Penmar, that area? I forgot what it's called. I'm gonna look it up. Yeah. But um, like 1920s, 30s, like that's how long black people was in Venice. So Venice, that whole area, the shorelines and all that. Some of them people, their families been over there, like they're working on a couple generations, and that's not normal. You know what I mean? Most black people where we are from, they started in the low bottoms. That's in the 40s, 50s, and 60s. Them niggas in the shorelines and in, in Venice, shout out to them. Them niggas' families, uh, some of their families been over there since the fucking 20s. Mm. So again, but as soon as you step out from that little poor niche of, 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 of you know, Venice, it's Venice. Yeah. yeah. So, you know what I mean? Like, it's some yeah. coins. So, a lot of people birth mm. gangs because they're close to... So some of these middle-class communities birth gangs because they're close to poor communities. And you need to protect your shit. Yeah. That, that's why you get... That makes sense. Graveyard. That's why you get, you know, uh, by yourself. That's why you get Playboy. You know what I mean? You mm. get those. You get. That's why you get uh, uh, Mansfield. Because, nigga, you're not finna bring that bullshit over here. Right. Mm. And we're gonna protect ourselves. And guess what? Now you got a gang. Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. But and it's 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 just weird to me. Like I said, that you been, culturally don't. Well, I guess that's the truth. That's what's wrong. That's you nice. didn't have a. If you go to Santa Monica, right? Like, yeah, you from Inglewood, and Inglewood is already like a place that could be considered a middle class community. It, it was. It, it is and kind of not. Well, the bottoms has its area, and, and some of the families. Park. Yeah, yeah, but even those areas yeah, over it's, there it's were a couple like of dollars. Not really beat up. Sure, but so, so yeah, you're you're from somewhat that we could be considered a suburb of Los Angeles, right? From Southgate, and if you're from Inglewood, yeah, you're in a better. Yeah, you for sure. You're in a better. If you're from where we're from, you go to Inglewood, you moved up. Yeah, you moved up. Mm, so I forget, it's closer forget west. Me. It makes sense. Well, it's it's just a better place. No, it's I, I, look I, better, it, well, smell better. Well, no. <laughs> No, no, no. Like from Inglewood to Watts, it was like it makes even yeah, but it makes sense even in the grand scheme of history. Like going back to the fifties when blacks and Latinos couldn't come past the East LA Bridge and then Alameda, right? No, nothing across Alameda. Nothing, and then and then once you once you were allowed to, it was like you're you were getting in this better area, and that's how it was always looked at. So. I get it, man. But Listen, I, I understood it. I, I, I'm glad that it's, even though it's come a lot later for me, like, I get it now. You know, I was able to, you know, shout out to the homie Midget Loco. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, shout out to Midget. That's you know, a solid he, brother. He, 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 him, the guy, the brother, Burst Rock, 27 Junkies, Oreo, the homie Breeze. Shout out to Breeze, OBM. You know, those were the guys that really started connecting me with working with, like, 
you know, um, Spanky Loco and like, you know, Midget Loco, who I met Spanky Loco through Midget and just uh, being able to talk to him, you know, and I've told the story many times is like, I really grasped everything. And he even kind of goes, yeah, we did look at you guys like that. He goes, but now I kind of understand. We just kind of, we were, we're still Mexican. We're just no, up had, in different areas. You had money. Well, he didn't say that, but I mean, I guess that would be the idea. And, yeah. Well, you did say your pops got the job. That's a good job. So that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that good yeah, job. That's, like, that's yeah. a good job. So. Yeah, for it was sure. Like my mom's was working at, at Sony at Columbia Pictures. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, yeah, he's right. We no. did have. I And I didn't think of it that way because when it was school shopping, it wasn't to the Swami. Right. It was to maybe the Les was like Shoe City to buy some shoes. But my Caucasian, my Cross Colors was Fox Hills Mall. Right, right, and even and, not and everybody even, can go to Fox Hills Mall and go shopping for and that's kinda, school shopping. And that's kind of crazy, bro. Because look, thinking about it back then as a kid too, you got to think about this. Because, shout out moms, be, you did do it though. Yeah, shout, shout out, out moms, shout moms, out pops. Man. I was just gonna say that, but think about it. We used to probably think, oh well, we're not like the rich white kids who have every yeah, color sure. and every shoe. Yeah. So we're, yeah, we got this, but we're not rich. I got so like the bottom we're, cross we're, colors, right? But it was still from Fox Hills Mall. <laughs> and as kids, you don't think because you're, you know, at that time, like, oh, yeah. I didn't really start realizing a lot of the cultural shock to me came once I got into high school, bro, at Santa Monica. And I started messing with chicks from East L.A. or El Sereno or, you know, El Serrano. You know what I mean? Like, and I would be in those areas and you kind of were like, you know, like, I'd be like, you know, oh, shit, like. You know, at one time you kind of were like, "What is this?" Like, you culture. know, yeah, but it, it didn't. It, it felt like too. It, yeah, but it felt like too much, right? Like at at one point, it felt like like I knew what tacos were. I knew what it was to be Mexican, but again, you it comes. Money. It, it, we had some money, and not a ton of money because that's the problem with LA. Right. Because we know <clears throat> money is really close. Like right. that's the thing. Even <laughs> in Watts or Southgate, money is fucking fifteen minutes away. So in Inglewood, money is. Four minutes away. So you always looked at real money. It was like, well, I don't got money like that. But compared to East LA, Southgate, okay. that's money. So yeah, it's uh, that town in Venice, that part of Venice, LA, it's called Oakwood. It's called Dog oh, yeah, Oakwood. Town now. Yeah. Before there was Dog Town, there was Oakwood. In the early 1900s, real estate developer Abbott Kinney hired African Americans to construct the canals and name the district the Venice of California. Which is after Italy. Damn. In the 1920s, a small black community, mainly employees of Abbott Kinney, was centered north of Electric Avenue between Westminster and San Juan Avenues. This area will become Oakwood, an African-American neighborhood separated geographically, but, but geographically centered in the middle of a white community. In the 1940s and 50s, during World War II, the population of African-Americans would triple. This was when my great-grandfather moved to Venice from Arkansas as part of the great migration of African-Americans out of the South. Oakwood was segregated by the covenant and section as the only area in Venice where African-Americans could own property. There was only a nine square mile area that they fenced off so black people could buy homes. Fenced off. Well, that's that's when they call the red line, and that's what that was. So that's one of the first. I think that is the first place on the west side that black people. That might be the first place in L.A. That's city crazy that where they allowed it. Out.
and this they, and they redlined it to only have the, like the you, la- y'all the gonna build this shit, but you niggas can live right here. <laughs> In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year? Their year. These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. You'll be laughing, crying, and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this, like, you know, homie lover friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart, I think. Like, it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like, we have fun. But then he would treat me like crap. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, a daily podcast from Hello Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Every weekday, we bring you conversations with the culture makers who inspire us. Like our recent episode with Hollywood royalty Regina and Raina King. We talked about the creative power of women's relationships. I feel like, thank God for women. Like, especially when it comes to Black women, the way we lean on our mothers, our grandmothers, our sisters, our friends. We're just each other's pulse. I mean... It's molecular, you know? Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's dope about this podcast today, and I, and I finally figured it out, it's poverty. So you had the choice to, to, to kind of integrate with people, and your parents gave you better. Yeah, my parents gave me So at that point, you had... Yeah. So again, like because you went to this school, there was no need to hold on to the coat. Because if you would have went to Morningside, you was gonna be this. Yeah. Because you know the type. It's not no, ain't no indefinite like that. At shout out to the indefinite, but there's no indefinite at motherfucking Morningside. That's why moms didn't let me facts, go to school and facts. call the and in Southgate. No, and it, hands down. Yeah. Period. And it's funny that you, you say for that sure. you're going to Culver City. Yeah. You know, it's funny that you say it because in Def was raised by his grandmother, right? And grandma lived right on Centinella in Santa Monica, like that Westwood kind of like Mar Vista almost area, which is a really nice area. I think she was an educator, really nice woman too. But that's crazy now that I'm thinking about it. You're right. Even like the homie Roy Davidson, they was all Venice. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so then, they. But so, you said it earlier though. She could afford it. Yeah, your parents could afford it, and, and that's and, why and I was able to buy. And that's why I'm saying, the, like the hip hop, uh, whatever. Part yeah. of part of culture mm. is you have to be proud of it because it's fucked up. Yeah. Mm. So you don't want to be insecure, so you compensate with a pride of it as a representation. Like Dickies is, it's a work pants, nigga. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah you're right. That's a work pants. That's a factory pants for people working in a factory. And this was the only thing people, moms and dads could afford to start a school year and you didn't have no money. So I can get you, you can get one pair of these or you can get 10 pair of them. You wanted 10 fucking pair of pants. You You know what I mean? You can get this one pair of tennis shoes, which is Fila's or these K-Swiss, you know, because these (laughs) motherfuckers is $56. Or you could get this motherfucking three pair of these $16 Chuck Taylors Mm -hmm. or this $22 Cortez. That's deep. So once you walked outside in these new clothes, that started to set how everybody else interacted with you, yep. the type of other poor people you attracted, right? And then how you started to hold on to it as an identity because everybody else where you went would make fun because you didn't have no money. So now I have a question that has nothing to that. do with us. Maybe you can answer it for us. Sure. What, do you, what is your thoughts and maybe your thoughts too, what you could think, what you think about it too. But I know he'll be able to for sure answer this. What about the guys who did grow up like that, then got a little money and switched up? So, like, I know that there was cholos, the guys that I know that wore the Chucks, that wore the Vans, that wore the Dickies. Maybe their parents didn't have the money, like you're saying, right? But then later on, as we got older and obviously they started getting money. Now they're doing what me and him have already been doing because our they parents have. had a little bit of bread. Yeah, But that's, that's the point of, that's why that's the point, right? So then, but how do they lose themselves is what I'm they saying. They didn't lose. They only held it because you had to be proud of being that poor. That's mm. how you was proud to be poor. You couldn't make fun of me with your nice shoes. And I got my chucks, bitch. I'm the real deal out here. 
this is me. You mm. just a sellout. You look like that's what they would try. You didn't that's look why like we would fight. you didn't look like us. <laughs> you know what I mean? You didn't look rappers. Poverty. Yeah, you didn't look poor. You looked it like choice. I saw mm. the translation. Get it. So that's why they had to put the pressure on you because it's like either if they gonna say, look at him over there with money. That's what it is. And that's what they was hating on. Not so much what it's we were. Not even, it's not even, I wouldn't even call it hating. It poor is. people looking at people with money, it's not hating. Like, I hate that that's the narrative today. Like, yeah, there's a fucking real well, issue. The reason why I call it. I understand, but listen to what I'm saying. Poor people, like if a motherfucker is starving outside, he's looking at a window and you got a big ass steak. And he like, bitch ass nigga got that steak. He's not hating. He's hungry. Hating is when you're making a conscious choice to react. I'm tired of hating being the, the, one, yeah. the, the go-to thing. It's not, bro. People are poor. I'm not saying they should be mad at you. That's a complex of poverty. Mm-hmm. But they're not hating on you. They like, damn, I wish I had a choice. But I don't, so I have to be proud of this poverty because this is all I have. I have to be proud of this culture because I can't make a choice to... To, to choose anything else. So I have to use pride to overcome, you know, America is built on, you know, fuck the poor people. Yeah. You know what I mean? You being superior. Period. You know what I'm saying? That's what make low riding so great. Low riding is taking old cars, fixing them up and making them special because you don't want to go finance a brand new fucking car. Mm. It's cheaper to rebuild a car than go buy a new car. You could build it in payments and in, in lump sums. Exactly how you want it. Yeah. So are you talking about in terms of putting that up against a high end luxury car? Because yeah. now an old school car, you do that and it's worth more than any piece of shit Guess luxury what? car. Guess what? At this place now, culture is completely different. If you went to a soul food restaurant that was a high end soul food restaurant, they probably charged more than Fleming's. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because culture right now is Poverty is fleeting in America. Right now, you just broke. Yeah, Ain't really no poverty, especially not where we from. Like a house and watch costs $500,000. Yeah. This is the worst place in yep. black LA. Watts. Yep. A house on the seven is $500,000. Nigga, you looking, cannot man. be a poor person. You can be broke, but you can't be poor. No more middle class. <laughs> Ain't no more people in the house doing drugs, not paying this rent. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. no more of that. Like, yeah. ain't no more just hanging out, drinking, and and, and yeah. fucking Everybody up. Got Everybody got a job to pay this rent. This rent twenty eight hundred in L. A. But now they're pushing people to the outskirts, which Nigga, is my where my daughter's in the jungles. I told you in the jungle, she's paying twenty four hundred. Yeah, in the jungle. Well, yeah, all that is gentrified well, now, like, and just you know <laughs> for sure. So when you gentrify, you lose culture, and, and that's what I was saying to you earlier. When you, I think you was kind of. Almost got offended. You have tradition in middle class and affluent communities. You don't have culture. You have tradition. You could have things that we all do just because we we just want to do them. Culture is a force. It's a way of life that you live because of the conditions. You don't have a choice. You know what I mean? The fashion is cheap. Ain't no expensive shit in culture. Gucci mm. is not culture. Louis Vuitton is not culture. It's white culture. It's not culture at all because white people don't wear that shit. It's not culture. It's just fa- it's just clothes. Fashion. Mm. They don't it, it don't mean nothing. If you wear Choice. some dickies, it means something. Facts. But it didn't mean nothing when they first started wearing them. It was just this was what the poor people in L.A. was going to get because this is what H.P. sold the shit of. H.P. had this. H.P. had Chucks, Cortez, and Dickies, and Ben Davis, and Carhartt. 
Yep. That's so, what you bought. Work so, clothes. Solos and fuck. Yeah, yeah. So let, let's jump around to something real quick. So why do you think, so at that time, thinking about those those fabrics of clothing, right? Because that's what we could afford. If you think about like our parents, right? Or, par- or our friends' parents even, you know what I mean? Like the way they dressed as adults, at the age we are now, right? Even yourself still, right? Like you still will wear chucks. You're, you know, we're, we're at a certain age now that our parents were. So why do you think now we look the way we do? Is it just culture, that the evolution? Or like, how can I say this? Like, I, I know that we're all grown men. We take care of our bills, take care of our families. Sure, we do our thing, right? Responsible. But, but yes, respons- responsible. But when you look at us, we still look, to me, we still look fresh we're not like kids but just you know still very fashionable with, with with whatever you consider fashionable you know what i mean even when i see you back in the day our parents dressed like with a button down and slacks was that part of coming from poverty is that what that was and now because we've our generations have grown and made more money now as adults we're able to dress a little different that's what I'm I mean, trying to figure out. Obviously, you're wearing mainstream attire. Correct. Completely topped about. Sure. I'm dressed like a crip. <laughs> <laughs> so he's not. Yeah. Like you're wearing what you can afford. Sure. You wearing four hundred dollars shoes. Them shoes are seven hundred dollars today. But wearing, but, but, but that's but, not. But that's not what they cost. That's Re- not retail, a real, yeah. Re- retail. The retail is two thirty something. Two twenty. Two twenty. The retail on my shoes is fifty six dollars. That's not true. I bought some for my daughter the other day. They were almost seventy four dollars. So don't lie to me. Okay. So these were fifty six. So they went up again. But okay. So the point I'm saying is, this but I get what you're saying. Right. That shirt is probably thirty yeah. or forty dollars. Yes, but it's not anything. This is shout out to the homie Law from Germany. It says uh, rock the bells. That's, yeah, yeah. That's he did. A, he did a collab. The artist did a collab, and I follow him on Instagram. Totally understand, it's but that, but that's like mainstream. He's not mainstream, but it yes, is, it is mainstream. Oh, it because Rock the Bells got you. Okay. He's mainstream. Yeah, it has ODB on the back. Yes, yes. It like, has like sure, eight, sure, 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 like sure. a dead rapper that's black on the back. <laughs> It's God, the whitest no, thing ever. <laughs> That's the whitest thing ever. Well, shout out Luke. Shout, dead, out Luke. shout out ODB, man. Rest sh- in peace. Like a dead oh. black, a dead black rapper on your shirt Coach is the whitest thing you could do. Why? It's paying homage to hip hop. It's to making, it's making a, money off of somebody a, you know. You'll be able to make some money off of. All I know is I'm paying you know, homage to You know to white people love dead black entertainers. How many shirts had ODB? I loved ODB? when he was alive. But what how many shirts mean? had ODB's face on it alive? How many did you wear? <laughs> <laughs> I had Wu-Tang shirts, so don't play with me. No, but they, didn't really, they didn't really have merch like that back then. Let's just be honest. That's some That's not their shit. merch right now. Huh? That's not their merch right now. I don't know what's going on. It, 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 could, it could be tied to his family. You don't know. So that hat is about. Matter of fact, I'm going to ask Law. It's I'm going to ask Young Dirty. Don't, don't, we're not going to throw him under there. So that's about 50 bucks. So it's about 270 in the shoe because them for sure is 270. Them yeah, they're not. Don't they're play. Low key, them Adidas socks ain't yeah. normal. Yeah, them Adidas socks is twenty six dollars. That hat is fifty bucks. He didn't even argue the twenty six dollars <laughs> socks though. That hat is fifty bucks. <laughs> This is also an independent. That's a, that hat is fifty or sixty dollars. This is a in, so. Let me tell you something. Is it fifty or sixty? Hold on, hold on. Shout out to the homies at X marks the spot. 
22 out in the Bronx, New York. He makes some fly ass shit, bro. L.A. and West Coast style hats. And this is an independent. He's been sued by New Era because of his hats. And like they've shut down his page. So this is not mainstream. The idea might be of what's on it. It's mainstream. No, but it's an independent guy doing this thing. It's actually culture. From he's, he's actually an independent, probably a white guy. No, he's Puerto Rican. It's not white. I know Same. you guys like to call Mexicans and Puerto Ricans. He call us white, but well, because there's only black, white, and Asian. That's the only three races. Did you, you you know that? Did you know that? It's Caucasoid, Mongoloid, and Negroid. Yeah. Those are the okay. three original so, men uh, of that created everything all else. Negroid or uh, Negasis? Or what? Ne- Negroid. No, Negroid. No, no, even. The, so. Negus. Not, not, no, Negus. No. Negus is not. What he's talking about. Different. The original okay. is Caucasoid, These Negroid, and Mongoloid. Oh, that's a definition. Is that where Caucasian comes from for yes. white people? Caucasian Mountains. So, I, and the Mongoloids the are Caucasus? what? Is Mongolians. Mongols. Like, you know what I mean? It's the initial place of where that Mongolia. race came from. Came from Genghis Khan. That sure, that gotcha. all that stuff. <laughs> it just sound racist, but so what <laughs> I'm saying is, yeah. But I'm saying so. The concept is yes, your money, right? You you you're making a living. You know what I mean, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to get on a podcast act like you rich, but you can afford to take care of yourself, and so sure. you. So it's it, it's not like the cholos didn't want to wear the hip thing. They couldn't afford to wear the hip thing. So they so, would talk shit about you. Well, And then when they can afford it later, then they decided they would go ahead and wear that. That's always the case. Got you. I get it. I, I just, yeah, again, it Have took me mercy a while on to, us. I, no, because well, no, I, I can't even say us. How am I supposed to understand that? I can't even say us. No. Because I didn't have to wear none of that shit. I had Carl Canine, Cross Color, Use, Damage, all that shit. But growing up in Compton and Watts, I kind of had an affinity for our people. So... Even though you had something there, you, you shout probably, out. I think, from my understanding, you was also a good fighter. See, I wasn't the best fighter. I didn't really become. <laughs> I could fight even before I knew, but I didn't realize I could fight till I was about eighteen, nineteen. Okay, but that's not the point. My mom, even though I, prime example, like right, my mom, where I grew up at in Compton, at my mom's house. My dad is the seven, right, which is like this super enterprise gang community, right? Enterprise, like they are, is like a, it's like a economic tyrant. In the, in the D-boy community at these times. You know what I mean? So it's an earning place. You earned here. And then my mom, we lived in the Richland Farms, right? I knew how to ride a horse at mm. six. I knew how to swim at six in Compton. Smack dead in Compton. So if you, you because I remember you told me this, you know, and rest in peace, Olivia. Yeah. She was also a nurse, right? Yeah. So if you had bread, she could afford these things. What made you stick to what it was? It wasn't what it was, right? I identified with poor black people. Why? If you did, Mexican if you weren't people. poor, everybody it, else was. <laughs> so that's the problem because I didn't get to. So maybe if I go to school somewhere else, you know, I didn't go to Kennedy. I didn't go to Walton Middle School. You know, I went to Artesia one year. Then I was at Paramount. At Paramount, I got AP classes, but Paramount is like a baby Southgate. Shout out. No disrespect to all the homies in Paramount. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying as far as like how fucking gang infested it is, like that's some shit. You know what I mean? So I was never separated far enough from poor people to ever see myself outside of them. Like in your like wherever I went, except Artesia, because Artesia had the Wu-Tang niggas. Artesia had the East Coast sympathizers when it came to music. That became their thing. Wait, I have a question. I know that this is jumping into the 2000s, but... 
How did you? Didn't you have a homie that thought he was from the St. Lunatics? Yes, said, <laughs> but but it Watts. How did that happen? But it Watts like it's different because Watts is like this really weird connection to other black communities outside of LA. Like there was a time <laughs> niggas in Watts thought they was no limit. Like my so his older <laughs> oh, brother, so Snoopy's older brother, because that's what you talking about, Junior. Uh, Junior used to wear the band-aid on his eye, yeah, wear vocal all the time. The, yeah. His older brother changed his name to his name was Chocolate since he was little because he was dark as fuck. Right? But he changed his name to Soldier Chalk because of no limit. Oh, oh shit. shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then so but I think Watts has this really black connection to all the other black places, like the South, the Midwest. Like so, if it's niggas there, we identify with niggas from any poor part. Of, I don't know why. It's just like the Bay, we just identify with niggas. Um, but Compton is different, right? So even like I grew up having voca- I mean, excuse me, I grew up having used, damaged Carl Canine, all that. I never cared because it was poor people right there. You know, he told me about used. I didn't even know what that was. Yeah. That was the shit. Ripped pants that looked like they were used, yep. except they were brand new. Jackets. Oh, like what we're wearing now with purple brand, basically. No, yeah. it, I don't know. Well, about it looked brand. like ripped jeans. It looked, it looked like, like it was used really used clothing. Damaged was the same way. Damaged, damaged. Wow. Yeah. It. It was. I had all designer shit growing up. I never had to wear Chucks, Cortez till I started buying my shit. Yes, right, but. I also would dress it down. I would just have a simple t-shirt say, so you on. you chose to dress down. Yeah, right. I, like I had to, Carl, bro, like when I tell you I had Carl Kanai, bro, I had the Carl Kanai with the, I had probably, it was school years, bro. Shout out to Olivia. Rest her soul. I love my mama because she was, even though we grew up in the, in the ghetto, she was like, nigga, you finna have it. Right. I had the Carl Kanai, the original shit with the brass plate on the, on chest, the chest, nigga. Yeah. And I'm, I might have went to school. My school shopping might have been five of those. But that was still some West Coast shit, though, wasn't it? No, no, no. That nah, was money that was, shit. That's yeah. black money. That was okay, looking. That was you. looking like Tretch. Yeah, that's black money. Oh, you're right. Tretch yeah. was on. You're that's right. black money. Yeah, Just yeah, look at yeah, it yeah. like this. That's black money. Got you. You know what I mean like those brands were the beginning of black money? Carl Canai to me. Now I don't know. It could be like because I think Sergio Tacchini and all that shit was like Italian designers or something. But black money. Initially on a mainstream level was Carl Kanai. Coogee. Coogee was black money. That's all the Avery first X. black money. So all the shit Puff and and Puff was doing, because Averex is a white company. But uh-huh. yes, that was something. But I'm saying the black companies that okay. first started, like Carl Kanai being one of the first mainstream black designers that mm-hmm. niggas was promoting his blackness and this is why you buy it. And they charge Fubu. Designer Fubu, Fubu that's black colors. money. Cross colors was it too, wasn't it? Yeah, black yeah. money. So it's it's different. Um, so so now I guess that's exactly what we was doing was being black. <laughs> well, because I loved all that shit, well, and I know it was mainstream, but I can yeah, see that's why the thing. a Mexican that, that, would look at it. That and was be the like, beginning of wait. mainstream success culture. Like if that if that, if we want to call that culture, yeah. Yeah. that was mainstream black. Like we started. That's the first time, and then oh, obviously sure. Jay comes with Rockaware. Wells come with Fat Farm, Sean John, all of those followed Carl Kanai and Fubu and all of these ideas. No, but that makes sense by you saying that was rich black attire. But that's not, that's not, I don't, I I don't, so when I'm saying rich black attire, I mean like, I mean, they were like mainstream black designers. Sure. But white kids wasn't wearing them yet. That was still in the hoods for a minute before it really kind of like broke out. Sure. It was, it was. 
we powered it. Black people powered it. Yeah. Right. Because you if you had if you had some money, you was from where we from, or you was black, you powered it. So yeah. imagine being the Mexican kid doing that who was uh, was able to do that. Well, you grew up who, in Inglewood. It's not that's my point. So that's why I'm really careful with we had this conversation earlier. I don't like having it, but like black culture is an overstated thing. There's very few things that are black culture. Like, right. Most of the things we refer to as black culture is poor street urban culture. Mm. You know what I mean? Like we talk about hip hop. We've had this conversation. There's some really respected minds. People I respect Tariq Nasheed, dope people that be like hip hop is black. It's like, no hip hop is street. And anybody that was street at that time from that area was doing this shit. Mm. Now I'm not saying it wasn't probably one nigga that made it for me, but trust me, it was Spanish people, Jamaican people, all that shit right you close to it. Itali- especially being on the East Coast, you had the Italians, well, well, the Irish. And they all wasn't that at that, but we were influenced by them. Like, remember, they Jewish people had the ghetto. So certain things passed from street culture to street culture. Like, that's why you hear rappers with names like Capone. Mm-hmm. You hear rappers, you know, white people, Noriega. You hear rappers like with different names from different walks of street life. Tony Stark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like those are not, you know, black, you know, black street life is not old. Right. It's not like street life is old, but not black street life. Right. Not black, not, 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 you know, outlaw life is old, not black outlaw life. Black, like black people get such a bad rap, bro. And I'm not, I don't like to try to, you know, do the comparison, but like, bro, black, uh, black outlaw life ain't that old. That's not a, like, that's new. That shit mm-hmm. ain't even a hundred years old. Mm-hmm. Outlaw life been going on forever. Like the term mm-hmm. gangs, like in America. Gangs of New York. But before that, like outlaw gangs, cowboy gangs. Mm. That's where that title comes from. And that's why it's prominent on the West. Uh, people don't look at it like this. Cowboys, I mean, gangbangers ain't nothing but cowboys. That's it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Robbing stage coaches and shit like that. That's all they are. They just, that's why it's out here. The term gangs. You know what I'm saying? So again, it's like we take a lot of the brunt for everything because we, oh, you know, it's part of the culture. It's not a part of the culture. There's a lot of black people that I, where I grew up at, again, where I grew up at in the Richland Farms, I know how to ride a horse and swim when I was six, seven years old. This affluent black community. But as soon as you cross the bridge that was next door to my house, I'm talking about 20 steps, you back in the real world. This little shit ain't what it is. And I never lost that. And maybe my mom, that was her deal, too. She was like, yo, she was thinking about moving to Lakewood when she bought her house. She was like, now I want my kids to have a black experience. That means she want her kids to have a poor and oppressed experience. We might not be poor and oppressed in this house, but your friends are going to be that way. And you know what's just y'all too? Southgate? People always be like, oh, that's the rich side. And I'll be like, but the homies like from Watts. Yeah. But I remember being younger and being in Southgate. And literally cross over the track, literally cross over the tracks and be like, wow, yeah. this shit different. And Southgate is a poor place Yeah, till you cross the watch. Like, you be like, the what fuck? the fuck? You just went to a fucking <laughs> Africa. What just happened here? To fucking a third the world country. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, but that's how, that's how East LA looks at Southgate. Because yeah. Southgate is poor, like yeah. in the grand scheme of Los Angeles, mm-hmm. but compared to East LA, Southgate is some money. Yeah. You know what always yeah. like if somebody moved from East LA to Southgate, they moved you up. Made up. But you yeah. know what always tripped me out about about East LA though, like when I started going over there, and I understood that it was gang infested, and you know that it was, I guess quote unquote poor, right? Not, not quote unquote, nigga. 
well, East LA is poor still. Well, that, okay, you could buy houses in East LA culture. for like two eighty. East LA no, still carries sir. a lot of culture. Right now, there's houses no, in sir. East LA for two eighty. You where know what? Ain't even a lot of where in East LA. It's some shit for two eighty. Still, you don't want to move over there. I don't know. Well, I, well, even 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 if you buy, okay, <laughs> that's why it's two eighty. That, 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 that ain't made you jump. You didn't jump up and be like, you know what? Well, I'm finna go. You still like two eighty? Yeah, no. But what trips me out though? Okay, let's say that that is true. It's true, or, or it is true, right? Then I still used to trip out how big their houses were. No, on they, the they, hills. They have some they, shit that's cool, but that's not really what we talking about when we say East L.A. Yeah, so what part of East L.A. We talking, talking about, about the places that's really next door to each other that ain't had parking since the 50s. Like how you know how the rest of L.A. don't got parking now because everybody's there and everybody live on top of everybody and all that. Mm-hmm. This was like that. This was like that in the 50s there. Like remember like where we mm-hmm. grew up at, there was parking spaces me and your whole life where we lived. In Inglewood, Counterwide, there was parking spaces. Eh. It was never no parking spaces since the 50s over there the fucking 50s and 60s there was no parking spaces they had to park down down the hill they had to park it wasn't no fucking hill that's that's a specific part of East, East LA is the real motherfucking deal I'm trying to figure out where you're talking about what part of East LA you gotta LA go through it that's what I said that shit ain't all on no motherfucking hill because everything I see over there seems super gentrified now like all I see are cafes and nah you're talking yeah you're you talking could, they like changed the echo, name of that yeah they changed the name of that park area. Yeah, they yeah. actually changed the name of that part of East LA but if you start coming back Boyle Heights is like well, that but yeah but you gotta keep coming more yeah. towards like Cause all of that was like East LA by the seven ten freeway. Yeah, all of that was East LA. Oh, that's considered East LA. That's the that's real East LA. East LA. The se- by the yeah. seven ten, you're talking about over there by uh, Citadel Terrace and shit that, like no, that. No, by Citadel, even there, yeah, that's yeah, uh, Hazard. Yeah, Hazard <laughs> okay. projects. That backside of a, yeah. a Cal State LA. Well, we shot the Kanye video. You like, know what's crazy? Yeah. I never considered that East LA. That's I thought that East was L- already going into like Monterey no. Park. And nah, shit that's, no, that's no, that is, but that's East LA. Yeah, uh, before. Area. Got but, you. But what got I'm you. saying to you is, those places are gentrified. That's why, like, nobody called those places Boyle Heights all the whole time, or the other place, Echo Park. They were like, called Boyle Heights for a long time. I, I, I remember when it happened. I'm saying what I'm telling you is, when you start going there, that's not what we was talking about. When we was talking about East LA. No, like nobody black was ever scared to go to Boyle Heights. Shout out to Boyle Heights. They got some gangsters, but I'm saying you probably be okay. It wasn't as racist in Boyle Heights. You East LA nigga, no. you know what's up. What area is White Fence? Whittier Boulevard. Like the real East LA. Like yeah, that's, that's a the problem. real East LA. Okay. Shout so out to all the East about. LA, but I'm talking about yeah. like, remember again, Mara, Mara, yeah, Mexicans, yeah, mm. Mexican, Mexicans had the first street gang in LA. Which like, was White Fence. Yeah, yeah it's like 30s. So again, I'm, I'm just I'm saying to you, there's this really super dope one culture on our side of the 110 freeway. It's one culture. Like I can go to Southgate, bro, and it'll be okay. I used to go to like I say, don't get me, Bell Guards can't be a bit racist, but I used to go there and it'd be cool. We had some gangs, we play some basketball, it'd be cool. It's one culture, long as you of the culture. It can get racist. It has. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying it's that not, I'm, yeah. it can I'm will, saying yeah. it has right yeah. but I'm saying anytime I went to East LA I was a Mayate oh always unless I like I knew somebody and I still was a Mayate like, and you period. and you don't 
Let that word nigga come out yeah. your no, mouth. No, 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 no. They, no, LA. no, they, <laughs> no, I've been over there and I, and I did say it and it was an issue, but I, what I was going to say, they used to refer to us any, <laughs> they used to, <laughs> they used to refer to us issue. anyway as West Side Mexican, Mayateros. That's yeah, what they used yeah. to say. Like, oh, those fools are West Side. Like, you could tell by the way they dress. Even, even East LA. LA is, the girls love It's this. changed, <laughs> uh, it's changed recently, yeah. but you said it over, you just said it earlier. Another thing, low riding. Yeah, East LA, low, slow bombs. Yeah. That's they what, considered the other Mexicans. Oh, y'all be hopping the six fours yeah. like the black. They used to talk shit about the other Mexicans. You, oh, see, I didn't even know yeah. that because man. bombs. East LA, bombs, bombs, the bombs, low, yeah. slow cruise. We don't hop shit. Oh, that makes sense. The blacks yeah. hop it. And that's not just the complete truth because. They was at the beginning of that too, but they talk shit because it costs more money to hop your shit. So if you had more money, you were foo foo basically. You was well, you just was putting different. on. Like nobody no likes yeah, well, nobody what, poor what likes means. money, it means bro. Like you think you're uppity? What's well, it's not uppity? It's not they think you think you. They have to feel that way because they're holding on to the not haves. So they make it a cultural identity. We have to like you like poor people have to. Because you don't have anything else. That's why as soon as niggas get something else, they start dressing different. Niggas like, oh, so, I got some money. Now. So let me ask you a question. Do you think that still is relevant? I mean, obviously it is in today. Like I was talking to Jazz earlier. So Jazz is a person, if you watch his Instagram, right? Like funny ass, colorful dude, great personality. You know, he can rap his ass off. But he likes, at one time, and you know, I'm sure I wasn't the only one. I would tell him like, bro, stop focusing on the people that are hating on you. Focus on the people that, you know, support you. Sure. But now I'm wondering, were those people, and we don't like to call it hate, but do you think they look at the way he dresses? He he has his own clothing line. You know, he presses his own shirts, and they look at it as like, you know, he not that he thinks he's better, but they feel like he's better, and they have less, and that's why they feel like they because they'll come on his page and be like, like if he posts something, he says, "Oh man, you know, doors are opening. You know, things are going great. I'm getting to the next level," and somebody will come and be like. You ain't getting to no other level. Like, what the fuck? Like, cause I've never been that. You know me, well, he's G. He's black. I'm not, huh? He's black. <laughs> he's black with a Spanish following. It's, he's a target. He's going for sure. Get Damn, do the, are the people leaving the comments uh, Mexican or like Spanish or whatever? Yeah. Oh, that kind of makes sense. So they just being racist then. It's I, not, it's not racist. It's like, it's, yes, it is, but yes, it's not. Like, it's, it's more, con- it's, it's deep. It's deep because it, that's why I always tell people me talking yeah. is way different than you say. Oh, because me is deep because yeah. it comes. He, he makes people from mixture. He's going of to races. yeah. He's he's gonna make people uncomfortable. He represents something that I can't speak yeah. up for Hispanic, Latino, whatever without somebody on the black side Hands saying. Down. I knew you was gonna flip and go back to them. Like what, nigga? What are you talking about? <laughs> or damn. I'll get. Hey dog, you're always defending the blacks, fool. What's up with that shit? Like, well, I get that. what I do get, you mean? I, I'm always defending. I'm fucking black, nigga. Get, what is you talking get, about? I get that till this day, which is weird. You know, yeah, not you weird, for, but I mean, you it, for it, sure it, is a sellout. Who me? <laughs> you always defending the blacks. I mean, I defend what I love blacks. when they use the blacks. That <laughs> shit is the greatest no, shit in the world. Uses the, blacks. the blacks. That shit is some, <laughs> yeah. The homie, the homie said that. I think it's black, bro, and he always says. I think it's because he like Nigerian, so he be like the blacks on the slide. See, like, yeah, Nigerians huh? don't see yeah. West Coast yeah, black yeah, niggas. They be like, hold up, yeah, y'all different. Yeah, they be like, watch them niggas. Hey man, you not us. Yeah, that's how they really feel. They watch them niggas. I ain't no damn sellout, man. 
that's how, no but I, but and I know that's a tender spot for you, right, as a Mexican person, because but that's why they feel like that, bro. Because people define a lot of like Mexican is defined in poverty, black is defined in poverty. Everything that we forgive me, this is niggas is gonna be on my head when I say this, but fuck these niggas. It's the truth. We defined it in poverty. Think about it. Like most people who don't know shit about Mexicans or know the bare minimum, the number one food they're going to bring up is the poorest shit you can get in Mexico. That's not even a real food, though. No, it's not. It's the poorest shit. It's the way you put some shit together to make sure you full. You put put all the starches and the meats and shit together and you just be like, this will fill him up. This is cheap. It's poor. So so again, and made a whole day over it. Yes, Tuesdays. we we didn't we, exactly like <laughs> poverty has created a day, claimed a day. Like that's the thing about yeah. that's dope about poor people and and the influence that it's we can infectious, have. Yeah, right. It's like we celebrate it so hard that people be like, "Damn, maybe I'm sleeping on these tacos." Right. I need you know these tacos. You know what I mean? And that's how it is. You know what I'm saying? That's that's like what we. That's what so. Culturally, being black and American and being Mexican and American, you know, in America, being black and American and Mexican America, right, is literally defined by the poverty. Like, don't nobody care about no rich nigga here no. if they ain't from where we from. Mm. They don't. Ain't nobody. Ain't nobody style. Barack ain't styling up. He from Chicago. That's why niggas be like, oh, he from Chicago. Okay. Like he lied and was like niggas really thought he was from Chicago. Where is he from? Like Hawaii. Oh shit! If you would if you yeah, if, if yeah, Obama would have just really laid out the real story, niggas would have not connected with him. It makes sense. Like I, it'll be some niggas that seen him and be like, "Yeah, he." But if he like nigga, everybody I know was like, "Oh, he's from Chicago." So you know, a nigga from Chicago is a, is a boy. That right. nigga's a nigga. Well, that's funny that you're saying that too because I've noticed that maybe a little bit more now because he tries to make it a point, but motherfuckers wasn't really fucking with uh, The Rock like that. No, because because <laughs> he's, he not from, he's not from where, he's black, but he's like not from where we from black. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? But, but think about it. Who you think is the most influential Mexican in all of the world? Like, excuse me, in all of America. El Chapo. You know who the guy is? Mr. Cartoon. Oh, shit. I was in the fucking auto parts store the other day. O'Reilly's. This nigga got a line because of tire cleaners like Armor All, Waxes. He got a sidekick. Cuz had a sidekick when sidekicks yeah. was popping. Cuz got, got shoes. Got- it's fucking Mr. Cartoon, bro. Yeah. Because Mexican in America and black in America is defined by poverty. He did the Super Bowl that, car, all that Everything. That, maybe that's why I never made it really like as a rapper. Though, exactly. That's what I've been. T- I was in that's, what said, that's what I just was telling you. <laughs> I, I, th- but everything we talk about culturally, I'm telling you, your job is to represent poor people. And it's a trip because people tell me, you see the way I'm dressed. I'm dressed just like you. Yeah. But there's a story behind me. And I thought this. Nah, people always tell me, bro, you fucking mean you from Skid Row. What do you mean you did like? That's what people want. People want to hear that you lived on Skid Row yes. for ten years. Because who the fuck wants? To, I have this. I have this conversation multiple times, bro. Kanye. People always ask me if somebody is a plant. Kanye would have been a plant. That's mm. you know I love Kanye. He's in my top five. And, I get it. Kanye bro. is the first nigga that did not grow up, but because he said Chicago, we like oh he like one of us. But nigga, Chicago is like a 
black place that has levels. Nigga, it's a wealthy Chicago, black mm-hmm. people. Just like it's a poor one. See, that ain't out here. Ain't no wealthy. The closest is Ladera, and it ain't wealthy. Like, they got some wealth in Chicago for black people. Mm. They got middle class, and they got poverty. So when he said Chicago, niggas like, ooh, you have to shy. Well, he so would he, say South Side Chicago. Too. Even crazier. Because you'd be right. like, ooh. Right. But, bro, nobody's ever been intrigued with Eddie Winslow. Nobody's ever been intrigued with Theo Huxtable. Until. Never. What no, I'm saying? Until Kanye. No, they didn't know that. Nobody got you, realized. Got you, got you, got you. Nobody realized he was Theo Huxtable. Nobody realized he was Eddie Winslow. Nobody realized that. They all thought he said Southside Chicago. We like, oh, he dropped out of college too. Oh, this nigga kind of smart, and yeah. he from Southside Chicago. Anywhere that, that makes me think of that episode on the Fresh Prince of Bel Air when Carlton uh, Carlton went to <laughs> MacArthur Park. Do you remember that? Yeah. You remember that episode? He was hanging with the gangs and he was Zeus and them. Yeah, Zeus oh. and all them. And he was like, uh, what they call? We like CeeLo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and he was trying hard to be from the hood because he was from loved it. Oh man, that's so funny. so so again, it's like you have to represent hip hop is all about representation. And it's about representing poor people. Like it, it don't have to be poor, but it's densely populated crime written communities. That's not a lot of affluent middle class communities. Crime written. That ain't opportunities are present. So you don't there's not a huge n- Need for crimes when there's jobs and opportunities, and and success in view. You know what I'm saying? That you don't need to really commit crimes when you know if it's a thousand jobs at this place down there's warehouse that you could buy a house with. The crime is not needed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So hip hop is street urban culture. Street urban being densely populated, crime written communities. Densely populated. That means huge populations in these small places that's riddled in crime. It don't mean you have to be a criminal. It don't mean you got to be a criminal. It don't mean it just means crime and that poverty shaped your life, your livelihood. Now, it might be the slang you use. You might not have stole nothing from nobody, but the slang you use. It's just both. So I think that's why I've always told you it means to go easy. Like, I get it. You know, maybe you kind of got bullied. I mean, I don't mean bully bag because you can stand up for yourself, but maybe you felt that pressure. But it was just poor people were like, damn, dog, like you get a choice and you mm. didn't see it that way. You're like, yo, you get a choice. You you mean you don't have to go get the, the $19 shoes? Mm. You don't have to get the $10 pants? Like somebody gave you an alternative? Like, nigga, the people where we grew up at, they didn't have a choice. That was the problem. So they had to be like, yo, look at him. He got a choice. He could get what he wants. Yeah, they're going to be feeling lower and less than because you live next door to them. Ain't that a bitch? Mm. You know what I mean? And we got a bad habit of, and as much shit as you talk, a lot more people made fun of poor people than they made fun of you. A lot of more people made fun of the shit they was wearing than they made fun of you. Even even where, where I lived at, everybody was poor for the most part. On, now I lived in a middle class part, the farms. But as soon as you cross the bridge, which was n- next to more, like you see where this walkway at? Mm-hmm. I walk out this door, twenty feet. I'm in a cage block, poverty. This ain't no middle class. Ain't nobody. That's some shit. Niggas on drugs, fucked up. Nigga, niggas would talk shit and make fun of niggas because they didn't have Jordans, like they didn't live next door to niggas. 
Well, that's also, and that's what me and Jazz was talking about this the other day, um, you know, because we're trying to put together this podcast, sneaker podcast I told you about. And we were talking about, that was also during the time, too, where when you floss like that, that's why you got jacked for your Jordans. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, because motherfuckers. Starter jackets and all that. And it's not just flossing, it's just like, nigga, I can't get this. Right. And and it's crazy you said that because Means told me the other day, he said, be careful what you're putting out there. And he said, because niggas is watching you. And you touched on it a second ago, and so did you. You be out taking your wife to dinner. You got gold chains on your neck. You got two whips. You dress nice. You, you forget. You freshest shoes. You always fucking. You and forget. you're not showing off. Yeah. You're just sharing this shit. But then you might say something for that nigga to be like, fuck this nigga. Right. I'm going to get this nigga. And at the end of the day, it ain't just somebody like want to see you down as much as somebody want to come up. Yeah. Right. If you make yourself a come up publicly, That's why they call it that. Yeah, if you make yourself a come up, shit, motherfucker gonna come up. Yep. Right. That's, man, I didn't been able to afford a thirty million Rolexes over. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't been able to buy a Rolex every year. I've been a rapper. I could have bought a Rolex, afforded it. <clears throat> but why am I giving nigga a chance to make ten thousand that way off me? You ain't getting that ten thousand off me, nigga, because I'm not going for that. You don't have to come get yours. You got to come work or something. You want to know something, though? (laughs) What what I do like about today's society, and here's the thing, though, right? Like, when you dress a certain way, like, I've learned to do that shit. Like, when I go certain places with G now, even though I know I'm I'm, I'm good, right? Because I got the homie with me. Anything can still happen, right? But I've noticed when I've gone places with him that he takes me certain places in Watts or different areas, and they look at you a certain way. Now, I'm with G, so obviously they're not going to, you know, do Pass. nothing. But I get what you're saying. Like, so I don't go if to areas. If he wasn't there, you'd be the lick. Possibly, yeah, but you I have to be. Yeah, but I don't. Well, I mean, they could try. I, I, you know I'd be, saying? I'd be offended if they didn't. If yeah. you, if you, if if you got on a hundred thousand dollar worth of jewelry and you come to watch and niggas don't rob you, I'm mad that they didn't. Ain't that right. a bitch? And that's what I was. You insane. could change your life. But see, nowadays hmm. it's more so like if I go like this, this is. To, I mean, yeah, that's that, that's 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 fair. Pretty normal. Yeah, I'm not doing nothing gaudy. You start wearing multiple chains and well, it's big poor, medallions. It's definitely poor enough people that that right there for sure get you two nights of dinner because that's probably a real chain. That that might be about a hundred and fifty dollars. But this right here, yeah. oh, so you just don't need to be going places in that type of shit on where niggas can't afford to buy yeah. dinner. Yeah, that's the yeah. simple. Bottom this line. is what I've been telling rappers forever. Like long with like all them chains you wearing, just don't go nowhere where niggas need to eat dinner. Cause yep. niggas should really get dinner off your neck. If you gon' yep. if you gonna take your ass around <laughs> these poor people and you know these niggas poor and you ain't offering dinner, you should be dinner. On the flip side, I know like, you know, shout out to homie Beezy. He's from Inglewood. That motherfucker get a lot of fucking money. He be in the hood, but he be ready for everything that come with it too. But it's not even at, at that point, why even wear that? <laughs> I, because because people like to show off to people, which is fucked up. Yeah, is, it is. That's uh, people credit hip hop, bro, for a thousand things that I don't think fit. Like, oh, you know, hip hop is appropriating people on drugs. Niggas been on drugs since R and B music, since disco. Fuck you, talking about? Yeah, niggas for sure gonna get high. Oh, violence is violence. Niggas been shooting each other since the beginning of time. It had nothing to do with no fucking gangster rap records. The one thing that hip hop really did really bad was spread the culture of flossing. And you never take that shit to Beverly Hills. You wouldn't even dare, but you want to take it to the projects. 
You can take that shit over. You got this $150,000 worth of gold on you in somewhere where niggas can't even afford to eat tonight. That shit fucked up. Just the mental, the mental fortitude to even to do that. The the, the audacity. Yeah. That's what niggas for sure. Like, that's the thing on the internet. That's the one thing I like. Niggas be talking about niggas don't got nothing else, but they got the audacity to take your motherfucking ass around somebody poor with all that shit on. What's up with it? GLA double dollar shine shot. That's right, glasses Malone. And on motherfucking September 22nd, I'm dropping my new album, Cancel These Nuts. But for anybody that want to support right now, hop online, go to thecrypstore.com. That's right, the Crypt Store. T H E C R I P S T O R E dot com. And buy a physical copy right now, autograph from me. Right now, you can have it ahead of time before it's on all streaming sites. So show some support to the real ones, you know what I'm saying? Jump on the cryptstore.com and buy my new album, Cancel These Nuts. Buy it right now before it drops online September 22nd. Yeah. Thecryptstore.com. Good looking out for tuning in to the No Sillers Podcast. Please do us a favor and subscribe, rate, comment, and share. This episode was recorded right here on the West Coast of the USA and produced by my homeboy, A-King, for the Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. Yeah. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes. Real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, the podcast from Hello Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Like our recent episode with sisters Regina and Raina King about the why behind their production company, Royal Ties. We have such a huge love for storytelling without walls, without barriers. Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss 
host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.